Welcome to the Choose Life Radio Network. Your host is Jill Taylor. Every week we bring you a candid conversation with someone who's making a difference for the cause of life. And now here's Jill to introduce today's guest on Choose Life Radio. Welcome to Choose Life Radio. I'm Jill Taylor, your host today. And we have someone who has great information for us and also a great spiritual request from us. Our guest today is Dr. Vitaly Sorokin. I'm so glad to have this opportunity to talk with you. Giving our listeners a picture uh, of what's happening in Ukraine, can you begin to really talk about the reality? Because I think when I talked to you, I was shocked that, that I misunderstood so much of it. I'm uh, so grateful, so privileged to have this opportunity to share about Ukraine. So thank you so much for the invitation to uh, join the program. Yes, the situation in Ukraine continues to be very desperate. Unfortunately, we do not hear much about this on the news um, because uh, people get tired of the same news all over and over again. And uh, the conflict in Ukraine has been going on for more than a year right now. So definitely there are other urgent issues which people respond to right now. But uh, the war is still there. It is uh, brutal. It is uh, very painful. Lots of people continue to uh, suffer. Basically, the situation has not changed for the better. Everybody's waiting for some kind of a resolution for peace. Everybody's waiting for the Ukrainian forces to go into the counter-offensive in the weeks to come. So there is so much uncertainty right now in people's lives. But uh, all over Ukraine, where we have those um, places where the uh, Russian uh, troops are located, uh, there is um, ongoing conflict going on. And in addition, uh, from time to time, a couple of times a week, uh, even the peaceful uh, cities and towns in Ukraine become uh, targets of Russian drone attacks or missile attacks. So even if people do, do not leave very close to the front line where the troops engage in battle, when we have those drone or missile attacks, nobody is safe anywhere in Ukraine because those missiles and drones hit absolutely randomly. You're giving us a really dire picture of what's happening. And I, I feel that even with what little we've been able to do from the United States, that there is still just an impossible war in front of you. And Putin is not willing to let go for whatever reason. Can you explain to me why it's so valuable to him that he would destroy it? There are many uh, reasons for that. Uh, and, and of course, nobody really knows what's inside of Putin's head, you know, what he thinks about. Uh, I guess this is a puzzle for all of the intelligence uh, services <laughs> all over the world. Uh, but uh, from what we can see is um, Putin has always wanted Ukraine to be part of uh, Russia. And uh, we just need to realize uh, that Ukraine is an independent, sovereign state. We uh, gained our independence over 30 years ago from the Soviet Union. And the Ukrainian people are freedom-loving people, wonderful people. Uh, we cherish our country. We cherish our history. We cherish our heritage. 
and we always wanted to live in a in a sovereign, independent state uh, within our borders. Uh, Ukrainians are peaceful. Uh, we never attacked anybody. We never were the cause of conflict. You know, we love our agriculture. We love our industry. We love our <laughs> we love our homes. But Ukraine, at the same time, geographically is the largest country in Europe. It is very rich in natural resources. We have agriculture. We have such rich black dirt that anything grows there. Uh, Ukraine has been the breadbasket, not only of the Soviet Union, but of you know, most of the world. When the conflict with Russia began, many people may remember that a lot of grain got stuck in Ukrainian ports because the Russians blocked those ports. They blocked our access to the Black Sea, and therefore prices for grain increased even in Africa. Putin, he wants to get this rich land. But also, for him, this is the access to warm water ports, which are you know not only the Crimean Peninsula, but the southern part of Ukraine. And for him, the biggest idea is to restore the Soviet Union as it was before it collapsed. He still believes that the breakdown of the Soviet Union was the greatest loss. And so he still lives in those old-time paradigms. He thinks that all of the former Soviet states belong to him, they belong to Russia. But he also knows that Ukraine being the largest and the strongest country he needs to get us, because if he gets Ukraine, most of the other former states, former Soviet states, would give in. They would not put up the fight. And so basically, he would be able to restore the Soviet Union within a very short amount of time. This is very heartbreaking to listen to you, and I understand that you are not in the Ukraine right now. You're in the United States, and you're actually working with Burnham Ministries International. Tell me a little bit about that ministry. Yeah, thank you, Jill. Uh, yes, we are temporarily uh, in the United States. My wife and I came here simply because our daughter was a student uh, here uh, in uh, Atlanta, Georgia. And when the war started, you know, she was thousands of miles away from home. And for us, it was a matter of survival. It was a matter of uh, reuniting with um, the family. And we're grateful to be here. You know, we're planning to return to Ukraine as soon as this uh, conflict is over. But uh, for the last 26 years, I have been working with uh, Burnham Ministers International. We are a ministry training organization. Uh, we train key Christian leaders in um, over 30 countries of the world. And uh, we are a very focused training organization. Our main goal is to help uh, Christian leaders, national Christian leaders, establish their mentorship multiplication movements. So not only we train in seminaries, uh, Christian pastors and Christian leaders in those countries where we serve, but we want to encourage them to do this very specific ministry, which we call mentorship or discipleship. And by that, we mean relational, intentional investment of their lives into the lives of uh, growing Christians. 
So this goes more than just giving them the information. We encourage them to begin to look for disciples and to relationally invest their lives in uh, helping them become future Christian leaders who in turn would reproduce their lives into the lives of others. And uh, right now I'm the vice president of uh, Burnham Ministries. We uh, have um, two more regional directors, who uh, one of them uh, serves in Nepal, overseeing Nepal and India and the Nepali diaspora around the world. And we have another regional director who oversees uh, Southeast Asia, and we have always we have been involved in uh, the African continent for a number of years now. Oh, that's that sounds wonderful, and I know that there's been a tremendous following that's come out of all of that. You are offering them life eternal. That is a very huge gift. Vitali, tell me a little bit about your struggle with communication and getting to people that are still in Ukraine. The uh, hardest thing is, of course, to communicate with uh, people who are remaining in the territories which are occupied by Russia. Because with them, you know, Ukraine has no access to that side of the front line. Communication is very, very hard because cell phones, Ukrainian cell phones don't work there. And it's just almost impossible to reach to them. The main struggle also is, you know, emotional. Because when uh, I get to talk to my parents who are still in my city, and my city, which is called Kharkiv, it's the second largest city in Ukraine, it's in the northeast. We were one of the first cities attacked, and uh, we're still under a lot of pressure from Russia because we are just around 25, 30 miles away from the Russian border. We're so close. So this emotional struggle when you communicate with the people whom you love and who are still there, even though they continue their lives, and thankfully my parents' home has not been destroyed. Our church building has been damaged, but not uh, fully destroyed. You never know when it could be the last time that you talk to them, because there is no guarantee that tonight or tomorrow another missile attack would not take their lives, would not take their homes. My heart's already broken just listening to what you've said. We're going to take a very quick break and bring back Dr. Vitaly Sorokin right here at Choose Life Radio. As we begin our fifth year, encouraging believers to experience, share, and deepen their commitment to the sanctity of human life, I'm reminded that life can be messy. There are challenges around us for sure. We face political challenges, and the cost of living is increasing at a 50-year high. And the way we treat each other, especially those who don't look like us or sound like us, or perhaps simply disagree with us, well, it leaves a lot to be desired. Racial discrimination, sex trafficking, questions of sexual orientation, which I thought had been decided when God created us, and of course, abortion. All of these are continually in the news. They're troubling, and dare I say, at least somewhat depressing. Without commitment to Christ, life can be pretty much all-consuming and overwhelming. While we may not be responsible for all the mess that we see in the world, we're certainly responsible for some of it. 
And those are the reasons Choose Life Radio is on over 700 AM and FM stations online and on all the major podcast platforms. We're broadcasting interviews with believers who share the truth. They're oftentimes sharing life before Christ and sharing the difference that Christ continues to make in their lives. The Choose Life family loves producing and airing these personal stories of Christ's love and intervention. And we hear weekly from listeners who share how much they mean to them. But here's the catch. We can't do it without you. Your prayers, your financial support make it possible for Choose Life Radio to continue to broadcast and podcast. We do need your help. We rely on your generous contributions. And while you're making your gift this month, consider making it a monthly contribution. If you give online at the chooseliferadio.com donate button, you can make your gift a monthly contribution without having to go back and indicate so each month. If you'd rather send a check or a money order, you can mail it to Choose Life Radio Network, P.O. Box 36622, Canton, Ohio, 44735. Whatever way you choose to give, please know we're extremely grateful for your faithful financial support. Welcome back to Choose Life Radio. I'm Jill Taylor, your host, and today Dr. Vitaly Sorokin is our guest. He is from Ukraine, and his family still resides in Ukraine. And if you're with the news at all, you recognize there's a real perilous battle going on between Russia and Ukraine. So as we talk about this today, I would like you, Vitaly, to talk about your testimony. How did you become a believer? Jill, thank you. This is a wonderful question. I became a believer in the summer of 1994, and that was a long time ago. And uh, I was a sophomore at the School of Foreign Languages of Kharkov State University, majoring in English and French. And it was just a couple of years after the Soviet Union collapsed and the freedom came. And I remember back in those days, uh, you would uh, walk on the main streets of my city and you would see uh, groups of people here and there. And in the middle of those groups of people, there would be an American missionary who would be preaching God's word. And there would also be a Ukrainian interpreter standing next to him and interpreting the message from the Bible to those people who were so hungry to listen to that message. Because, you know, when the Soviet Union collapsed, the communism collapsed, and people lost all the hope that they had in the Communist Party, in the Soviet leadership, and they were looking for a new hope. Well, for me, I wasn't very much interested back then in the message of the gospel, because I came out of a you know non-Christian family, communist family, so it was a little foreign to me. But I was very interested in practicing English with a native English speaker. And I was actually very envious of those interpreters. I was wondering, how did these Ukrainians find those Americans? And they can practice their English with them. So I found a bilingual Gideon New Testament, one pages in English, the other pages in Russian. And I began to read the New Testament simply 
to learn this New Testament or Christian vocabulary, which we don't use in the everyday language, transfiguration, resurrection, forgiveness, justification, all those terms. And I thought to myself, if I just learn this, I will be able to find a job with an American missionary and practice my English with a native speaker. And in the summer of 1994, I got a phone call from a friend who said, hey, Vitaly, we know that you are reading the Bible. We know that you want to be an interpreter with Americans. Well, here is an American group coming over. Would you like to come and be their interpreter? And I was like, absolutely. So it was like a dream come true. And so I go and meet with this group, and I don't know Jesus. All I know is the story of the New Testament in English and in Russia. I'm ready to translate for it. And what really surprised me, when you are an interpreter with a group of missionaries, not only you are with them for a couple of hours during the day when you translate, do your job, and leave, but you are with them 24-7. You share meals with them. And when everybody's gone at night, you know, when you debrief with the group and you see how they pray, you see how they share their struggles. And I came to realize that to them, Jesus was more than a character from a book. Jesus was a true living person. He was their friend. And back in the day, you know, we were so desperate. We had no hope in the future. And I saw that Americans were People just like I was, they also had problems. They needed help. They needed hope, but they would turn to Jesus Christ for that as to their friend. And this is what helped me make a decision for Jesus. I invited Jesus in my heart that summer while serving as an interpreter with the first team of Americans I met ever met in my life. Well, Vitaly, what a wonderful testimony and so worthy of what God was doing with you all along. And that's not a rare thing when God places you in a place that you think, I, this is what my job is. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes, he has a different uh, picture of what he wants us to accomplish. You are, I'm sure, mourning over some of the things that your family are having to experience there. Tell us how we should be praying for you during this next span of time, because I think Americans need to really involve themselves through Jesus Christ and ask that this be the end. I would like to encourage our listeners today, if uh, they have been going on mission trips or decide to go on mission trips anywhere in the world, please go. Because uh, when that first group of American missionaries whom I met came and I was their interpreter, they didn't know that I would be saved and that some Time later, I would be one of the Christian leaders in my country, and I would be able to serve internationally. They just were faithful in sharing the gospel. And so I would like to encourage our listeners to keep going. Don't give up. Even when you don't see the fruit of your prayers or of your efforts immediately, there are thousands of other Vitalis over there who have been touched or are waiting to be touched. Uh, Secondly, right now in Ukraine, please pray for our churches because they have been able to respond in a tremendous way. When the war started, everybody was shocked for the first couple of days. But then God provided us with his extra grace for the time like this. And our churches became places which provided shelter. Every church which had a basement became a place where people took shelter. 
hundreds of people would take shelter in our churches. The churches would go out into the communities which were just hit by missiles and rockets and bombs and deliver food packages to the people. People would flock in our churches to receive humanitarian aid or any aid we could get. And so even now, the churches continue to provide that support to the people, as we now still have over 200 churches in the occupied territories. We have more than 50 churches which were destroyed, their buildings were destroyed, and yet people still continue to serve, and we have seen thousands of baptisms during those last year, and we have seen dozens of churches planted, not only in Ukraine, but Wherever Ukrainians went in Eastern and Western Europe, we've been planting new churches for the Ukrainian refugees. Please continue to pray for the Ukrainian church to continue to serve people in such powerful ways that these people, these desperate people, really can see the hands and the feet of Jesus through the ministry of local churches. Tell me about your struggle to be in the States and not to be able to be there with your family, your parents, and yet the push to get people out of there so that they're not being destroyed. Yeah. My family is very grateful to be able to be together and to be able to be here. Many people who come and become refugees, you know, they lost their jobs, they lose their income, they lose um, their primary sources of support and survival. For us, we are grateful that uh, we have been able to come and we have been able to stay with the family. And I'm grateful that I have my uh, job with uh, ministry, that even though I'm in outside of Ukraine, that I still am able to continue to do what I have been doing um, basically all all around the world, even out of here, out of the United States. But uh, our, of course, main concern is our loved ones and uh, our relatives who are in Ukraine. And I think uh, the greatest challenge is, uh, you know, for people to leave for safety means that they need to leave everything behind. And it may be a little easier for younger people because they're more mobile and they can get adjusted. But when you talk to the, about the people of the age of my parents, it is difficult for them because uh, basically you have to leave everything you have worked for all your life. And uh, how do you start from scratch when you're in your 70s? And that is what keeps so many people back in the places which are still a target of attacks. Let me tell you something that'll bless you right now. I have a very dear friend here close to where I live who has a large apartment building in front of their house. And she has been sharing with me that she has a lot of Ukraine people in that house. And she said, it is a blast. These people are so sweet, and they are so kind, and they're so fun to be around, even though she can't understand their language very well. (laughs) But that it just makes tears come to my eyes when I think they're leaving their country and blessing our country. You know, I don't know how God has his hand in all of this in terms of how it ends, but I know that he loves you, and I know that he loves your people. He wants your church to thrive. And I don't believe that we're going to see any kind of conversion from Putin, but God will handle that issue. Yes, 
And Jill, I just want to thank you, uh, the American people, for their tremendous generosity. Because uh, not only uh, the country opened its borders for Ukrainian refugees to come, but people uh, who welcomed us, who opened their homes, who opened their apartments. With my family, I mean, I had wonderful American people who never knew us, but they welcomed us and they allowed us to stay in their homes, even for free without charging us for anything. What a blessing it has been for us when we left everything behind, came here with just small backpacks of just basic clothes, and we were able to find friends, we were able to find support. Your churches are so generous. Uh, We've been able to keep doing what we are doing, helping other Ukrainians in Ukraine because of the humanitarian aid and many support, uh, much support that we have been receiving. And in the future, when this war is over, and I agree with you that God will handle Putin, There'll be so many opportunities for teams to come and to continue to serve and to restore our country. So thank you very much for your generosity. You're so welcome. Vitaly, would you end us in a prayer and may some of it be in your language? I'll be happy to. Батько наш небесний, ми дуже вдячні тобі за цю нагоду, що ми змогли зробити це інтерв'ю і розповісти про Україну. І ми просимо, Господи, щоб ти благословив всіх, хто слухає цю передачу, щоб, Господи, вони знали, що відбувається в Україні, і продовжували молитися за нашу країну. І також я благаю тебе, щоб ти поблагословив їх за їх жертовність і за їх служіння нашому українському народові. Дякую тобі. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for being our guest today. Well, thank you, Jill. Thank you, our dear listeners. God bless you all. And listener, please come back. Looking forward to talking to you next week, right here at Choose Life Radio. The preceding program was sponsored by the Choose Life Radio Network of Canton, Ohio.